Hi, Chikai. How are you today? Good. <laughs> Good. Good. I feel like I should door dash you some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I have already made coffee. I, I was up a couple hours ago, so uh, I, I, I wake up early these days. I'm not a morning person, but kids <laughs> plus uh, just NFTs have made me a morning person. <laughs> I understand. I'm not much of a morning person either. I And yes, coffee is an essential part of the day. Um, and I know it's early for you over on the West Coast. So appreciate you joining us so early this morning. Of course. Happy to join. And definitely looking forward to our conversation this morning. Because um, I think after we chatted on Saturday, you know, I'm seeing in different group chats and different things on, um, you know, in conversations where people are excited about foundation worlds, but they're also wondering, you know, there's always this information, you know, kind of coming through of, and questions about how does this work and how does this work? And, you know, for this space, all of us are navigating this and figuring this out. So it's so nice to have the chance to be able to connect with people that have actually done things, you know, had the experience and gone through it to be able to talk to and be able to answer some of these questions and provide some support for some people um, that might be interested in using these tools. And you have such a wealth of information um, with being one of the first to actually launch a foundation world and also have the curation experience with other platforms to really be able to delve in, plus the tech background to understand, you know, what is what is available here. So really, really appreciate you joining us today to be able to get into this a little bit more and be able to present this new, um, this new group of tools we have in front of us yeah happy to i mean it's, it is it is a little bit of a different approach uh to curation in particular um but i think my guess is that it will be the way things will work in the future um and how things will migrate towards so i think it's something where understanding the technical side i think is important just because it gives you the understanding of the new lego blocks you have to play with and then from there it's what you do with it, of course. I mean, it's, there's been a lot of experimentation of how to use it and, you know, what to do with it. And uh, that's the fun part uh, to figure that out. And I think there's lots of possibilities. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we can make this a pretty open discussion where people can come up and ask questions or I'm happy to talk about it for a little bit uh, and then go from there. Hopefully I'm not rugged. Maybe I'm rugged. You are not rugged. I was okay. <laughs> I was sending out the read the tweet of the room, so you did perfect. <laughs> I always wonder because, like, uh, I, yeah, it's always a question whether I'm rugged or they're rugged. It's always. <laughs> Good to have someone say, no, 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 you're fine. Um, well, I totally understand that. And that's the hardest part, I think, about getting a space started is that managing of getting information out and being able to. So, And I think as we do more of these more spaces, we kind of get in that flow of being able to fill in that extra space. So you did fantastic. And I, I completely agree. You know, I think this year is going to be a year that curation and ways in which we can collaborate and work together in different aspects um, is really going to be something that takes 
takes on a new life and really excited about this opportunity for Foundation Worlds. Um, and you've been such a guide, you know, a guiding force for curation in this space and being able to bring artists together um, and being able to create an experience where, um, you know, you're representing multiple people at the same time or giving a way to shine light on multiple artists, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a unique way that really hasn't been done in this aspect in the space. But I think that many others are going to be following following in your footsteps. And we're seeing that already with Nifty Gateway, you know, different ways in which people can do these curated spaces. But with Foundation Worlds, you know, this is, it does open a whole new world. And so um, would you, I think maybe even just establishing for those listening and anyone that would like to come up, I agree, this can, I appreciate you too being open to, you know, answering questions and being able to share that information with so many um, that are interested. So if others have questions that they have, please request, you're welcome to come up we're happy to open and have others participate in the conversation. Um, but just to also kind of establish with Foundation Worlds, this is going to be a way that if you have a foundation account, you can really create a curated gallery of your own. Is that essentially the basics? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the very, very basics. But I think the nuance is important to sort of highlight. And maybe the best way to highlight it sort of, I mean, or a way to highlight it is to sort of talk about what people have done before and then talk about what uh, people are doing, what Foundation World is doing now and how it's different. And so, I mean, I've, I've definitely been very much a proponent of making curation a, you know, a key sort of uh, member of the ecosystem and building that up because I think a year and a half ago or somewhere like that, a year and a half ago when I started to uh, sort of go on that path and sort of make that core effort of mine, um, there weren't any really curation platforms out there. Everybody was basically minting on a platform uh, and then listing on that platform. And that is how they got their visibility. They went through the turning page, the front page and that kind of stuff. And so a lot of the curation was happening on the platform itself and not outside of it. And it was all that was tied into one. Uh, and so, you know, when the curation platforms start coming out, uh, super rare probably was the first one with super rare spaces. Um, you know, you would set up a new contract, a new smart contract, um, ERC 721 contract, uh, that was just for the space. And the way it worked was you would list the piece in that contract so that you would get permission to mint that contract. It's almost like a shared contract of the old days. Now, everybody, most people have their own contracts. Um, but before, like on Foundation and Super Rare, and actually Super Rare still, you mint to their contract, uh, and then uh, you'd list from there. And so um, with Spaces, it's like a, 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 a mini version of that, where you'd list your piece into the monolith contract, and then, you know, in, in, the, in that case, I would list it uh, and uh, and then put it out there for to bring up a, a set of artists. Uh, and so the contract was owned by the curator slash the platform. And Nifty Gateway, uh, I think, was the next one I, I worked with. And they did a publishers and took their curation, the created and verified sort of drops and made them available to a wider audience, initially to a, a small set of people, and then they opened up to everybody. Um, and they had basically, I think it was your own contract. And then you would then listen to that and then, you know, sort of uh, then, you know, sell those pieces. But still, it was the contract was owned by the curator. 
Uh, in this case, it's even little, uh, sort of even more nuanced because uh, Nifty Gateway is a platform where um, the, the, the platform itself is all custodied. So I actually don't have the keys to the to contract and the artists don't have the keys. It's, it's all custodied inside of um, uh, Nifty Gateway. And you can transfer it out and then you can take ownership of it, but you don't have the keys. And so when you minted to it, I could mint on behalf of the artist because you know Nifty Gateway had the keys and then mint under their address. Uh, and so that's a whole sort of question of provenance and everything else there. And so that was the landscape. And so in general, the basics were the curator owned the contract and you would mint into that contract. Um, now for foundation worlds, that is not the case. Uh, minting and listing are, and slash curation are two separate things. And I think that's the way it should be uh, because minting uh, and the contract should be owned by the artist. It was not really feasible even a year ago because of costs and just infrastructure and stuff. Um, but, you know, the way it should be is they should own the contract and they should mention that contract. So the provenance is fully owned by the artist. And so they meant the, no, like deploy the contract and they meant in the contract and that contract and that basically that, that uh, NFT is fully controlled and owned by the artist for the lifetime of that piece. It's not minted specifically on a platform uh, like it had been in the past. And even the interim, the, they're very much associated with Foundation or Nifty Gateway or Superior. Um, and with the advent of Manifold, and I'm sure others will come up, um, the contract is an independent uh, entity um, that is then allowed to be listed or included in these different platforms. And Manifold's done a great job of sort of getting their particular contract um, listed and available on all the major platforms. And so with this new Worlds, the minting again is separate. It is just for the artist and they have full control over that. They can mint and list anywhere that's basically available on the foundation platform, which is their foundation contract or manifold are basically the two choices. Uh, and once you do that, the listing component is where the curator comes in. So creator creates this world, which is basically a marketplace and you can list your piece into their marketplace. Uh, and this allows, you know, a curator to bring in any piece actually, whether they don't have to mint them specifically into the curator's contract. It's just any NFT out there can be listed into this marketplace and then sell those pieces. And it could be pieces that have been around for years, or there could be pieces that have already been sold and it's a collector that owns it, but any NFT can be put into this marketplace. Um, and that flexibility provides a lot of possibilities for curation. Like one simple example, which I'm going to, have to take advantage of soon, is the ability to do a solo show. Uh, before, you know, maybe a Nifty Gateway could do that, uh, but let's say Super Rare, you couldn't do that because each person had to mint in there. If you minted 10 pieces by one artist, it'd still be lumped into one contract. Um, and in the case of Foundation World, you can set up your own manifold contract, mint your whole collection, and then list it inside of a world. 
And because minting and listing are separated, the solo show is possible. Secondary sales, like a group show for secondary sales, is also possible. Um, you can also do lots of other things because it becomes truly composable between the two. And I think that nuance is something that will take time for people to understand. And it'll be confusing at first because it wasn't how it really worked before. Uh, but I think that over as people learn it and people understand it, uh, people will start using it in their own ways. Um, and so, you know, I use Omar's example a lot. He's in the audience, and so I'll pick on him a little bit. But um, the city collectors like could get, all get together and say, we're going to do a mini world of all of Omar's city collection and, you know, do a secondary sale. Uh, and so, you know, I've heard uh, from other people that that is fairly common in the traditional art world. So when Christie or Sotheby's wants to put a bunch of pieces out there, let's say Van Gogh's or Matisse, and just pick up names, like most of those collectors don't want to sell it. They have to get them out there to say, hey, would you be willing to come together and do a group show and make pieces which are usually unavailable, um, you know, because they're diamond hands or they just don't want to release them, but they provide a context by which to create enough of an upside to allow them to do a group show together and make those pieces available. So that could be possible for artists who have very, very loyal collectors who don't want to release it, uh, but yet, you know, want to make their uh pieces available to the general public um in a not general public but the, to, a, to a market that you know uh, in a in a much more coordinated way so those are just a few ideas but i think there's a lot to dig into and i think you know i'm sure there's lots of questions and i'm also happy to sort of say hey what do you think of this scenario and could you use it for that i'm happy to do that too but i think the key thing is just to understand the the lego pieces because they are a bit new uh, it's a little bit different, but it is where I think lean, things will lean toward the future. Um, and I think composability will be a, a key thing that will happen more and more over time. I completely agree. And bravo on on simplifying what we've seen in the landscape and the things, the different tools that are available. That was a very, very um, easy to understand uh, summary of what's been available. And, you know, especially I appreciate, you know, that you have really gotten in and, and played with these tools and really seen, you know, from firsthand experience, you know, the advantages and disadvantages. And we are, you know, kind of being able to help refine some of these tools that are available and seeing what works well and what doesn't work well. And I really, I really think that from, you know, the outside looking in foundation has done a great job of seeing some of the struggles in the space um, over the last year and being able to really put a very thoughtful approach to being able to provide something that's very useful um, for artists. Because even thinking about, you know, we've seen so much change, so much kind of evolve in 2022 and thinking about in the spring as we were seeing so many of these collectives come together. And it's great to have that ability to be able to come together and, and rally around a, you know, a cause or a theme and being able to to present that but then also there's 
the downside of, well, what if we change our mind or what if this didn't work the way we wanted it to, especially coming into the bear market? Is my piece caught up in that contract? Is it locked into this, you know, arrangement? It's been minted under this particular, you know, theme or contract and what do I do now? Um, so really love this aspect of being able to have the artist still maintain the control over their artwork. Um, and so too, just to ask the simple question as, as an artist wants to come into this process, they go ahead and mint into their own contract. They pay the minting fees and they take care of all of that aspect. Obviously it could work in a little bit different ways in different situations, but as a general, an artist comes in, they, they are in full control of their contract. They pay the cost to mint the, the piece. Um, and in that, do they also set the royalties or is that something that is um, done in the listing side? Um, so for the piece itself, when you mint it, I mean, it's pretty normal. Like you mint the piece um, and you set the contract and um, the royalty piece is, I think, more tied to the platform. Um, I mean, for, that's a whole nother uh, sort of uh, sort of other question. You know, there's certain royalty fees that are set up on foundation, but then, you know, it's always a good idea to go set them manually on every other platform. Um, and to make sure you get those, otherwise you may not get those. Um, I, I found that in a very hard way because like I, I launched Circle of Friends at the beginning of the year. I set my contract, uh, so the royalty fees on OpenSea because I knew about it, but then uh, I didn't even think about like X2, Y2 and I didn't set the royalties. And so basically it was zero on that platform and 40 ETH of sales went through it and I got no royalties. Um, and it was unfortunate, but... You know, it, it is what um, the landscape is and learning those things, I think, is just part of it. And people are trying to work around it. So it's something to think about that you do need to sort of manage more marketplaces than they were before. And I, I did not realize that um, because it wasn't really an issue because I, I wasn't really a, a creator or an artist until that point. Um, and the ETH, sale, the ETH volume was just insane. Um, so that's all still normal. That's nothing. None of that changes. Um, the part that's new with world, the world can set a commission. So when you list in the world, they have a certain commission uh, that they take off of um, that uh, particular sale when it happens. And it only relates to that one sale. They don't take a cut in any future royalties that from future sales. It's only for that one exhibition, which I think is the right way to do it. Um, and each curator can set whatever they want. It could be zero or it could be 50%, whatever they want to do. I think the max is like 50% total, but there is a max. And so understanding for that primary sale, there's a split with the world. Um, and But from with secondary sales, if that piece sells on the secondary market in the future, there wouldn't be anything that is um, due to the curator of the world or the owner of the world. Yeah, that's it's only for that one exhibition or that one world listing. And if that sale happens there, then they get, you know, a percentage of that, uh, however they agreed to that. Um, but then outside of that, it's, and it could be the secondary sale. You could list a piece that's already been sold and a bunch of collectors come in and sell it. And it's just for that one sale. And I, and for that sale, you know, the collector would get the proceeds, but the, you know, artists would still get their royalty in that case, I think, um, listing that world. So it's all, it all composes properly. Uh, and I think it's the right way where, you know, the royalties go and keep uh, are consistently uh, fed back to the artist um, and, and not to the 
to the curator. That is a really interesting um, addition and, and detail. Um, and just curious, in your experience with um, super rare spaces and Nifty Gateway, is that this is that the same where the um, fee to the curator or the owner of the the space is only due at the time of the the initial sale, or do they also receive royalties from that point forward? Um, for Nifty Gateway. It is all configurable. You can take as much or as little or none royalties. I mean, we take none uh, posts on secondary, but you can choose that. It's all configurable. Uh, and so that's you know, that's one of the things that's nice about Nifty Gateway. They have a lot of options how to drop, and especially for additions, and then how to compose um, royalties and so forth on their platform. It doesn't apply outside the platform, but on that platform itself, uh, there's a lot of you know, things you can do to, to, to sort of manage that. Now, once you go off of it, it's a whole, totally different uh, ballgame, I think. Um, and then on super rare spaces, I think, and this is my theory, this is, this is me just, I've never run into this because there's never been secondary sales of a piece I had on spaces. And uh, is that if a, a secondary sale happened on it, I think it would go back to well if it was on the super rare platform i imagine it would go back to the artist um but if you think about it and on, if it ever sold on open it would go back to the contract owner because that's the only place of record where you'd be able to manage that so it actually go back to the curator in that case um but you know i would of course if that ever happened i would be taking that rosary and just manually giving it to the artist but that's the part that gets tricky and we have to technically look at it, which is, you know, depending on where the sale happened, it will dictate where the royalties will flow and the royalty flows to the contract owner. Um, and it doesn't necessarily flow back to the artist unless the contract owner does the work to flow it back to the artist. And that's another reason why having your own contract is valuable because you have control of that. But it also means you have responsibility for that. I mean, the exa example I gave with Circle of Friends is I, I had to manage it myself. And because I forgot the X2Y2 and there's other platforms like Blur and and, and uh, Gem, there's a whole bunch of them. You have to go to each one of them to make sure you manually set them um, uh, or block them with the new you know, contract blocker stuff to make sure they don't get sold on platforms that don't respect royalties. Otherwise, you will lose, lose those. So it's a blend of control as well as responsibility uh, to manage that. And that's something that, funny enough, I, I mentioned that like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I was looking at my tweets and like that whole royalty thing, I mean, unfortunately, in a very blunt way, is a broken promise. Um, and the intent was there by each platform, but it is not cross-platform and it is not written to the contract. Uh, and so you have to manage it yourself. And I think there's a lot of platforms who are fighting to keep that and make that real, but there's also platforms who are fighting against it uh, to try to, to get around yeah. that. And, and in the end, it's just economics and people just trying to, you know, make the most money they can from the trades they do. And so there has to be um, some evolution of the industry to, to address that issue. And it won't happen in one fell swoop. It'll take time. And it takes coordination. Um, you know, that's been a, a huge hot topic in this past year. Uh, but my 
current concern and what I'll be focusing on now, almost like I did a year and a half ago with royalties, but it got nowhere because it's, it's something I, I can't solve. It has to be the industry that solved it, is prominence. I think there's this, there's a huge problem uh, and fundamental issue with prominence that we need to at least be aware of. And then once we're aware of it, we can actually start addressing it. So this is I mean, this is me talking about stuff that I see that I want to fix because I want this to last in the long term. So a decade, a century from now, we can look back and all this stuff will be done, have done right. Uh, and I think we're still working very hard to make it work the way it should be. Um, and I think the key is not to give up and keep on going, but it's a hard, long road. And so the people who are sticking around and building and care about it, uh, will make it happen, but it is still not a foregone conclusion. I completely agree and, and very well said. And it's also being able to represent artists and more on the one of one side and kind of even setting a boundary or defining this world separately from the PFP trading world since it is operating, you know, obviously there's lots of crossover, but some of the um, standards have been set due to that, not necessarily in the minds, you know, with the viewpoint of supporting the artists and supporting really probably for people interested in art some of the elements that we're so excited about for the future for the artist community to be able to, you know, make royalties off your artwork and some of the changes that you can, that we're super excited about supporting to be able to actually, you know, see artists fulfilling this goal for their lifetime, you know, and, and that's, you know, coming in and building this and being able to be excited about that and not that it's, you know, there's a whole nother element that's part of the space. Um, so separating our boundaries and, and being able to advocate for, reasons that this makes a lot of sense in this world and it may not for some of the other aspects of the space um, but always appreciate you being that voice Chikai and, and being able to be on the forefront and really once you're in it and you're learning this and seeing how it works and playing it out you know it's it's like kind of like a game of chess you know you're you I think too when we come into the space we learn how to do the initial but then there's it's so in depth that as we move forward it's like oh well what about this and what about this and what about this <laughs> and so being able to hear from your experience of seeing it firsthand and thinking okay well this is how this works right now how can we make this better and how can we change this um, is really really important what about this and what about this <laughs> so being able to hear from your experience of seeing it firsthand it seems like, like the manager on muted and it's delayed <laughs> <laughs> and how can we change this? I got it. Um, yeah. Really I don't know okay. what happened, but. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that little technical difficulty. <laughs> Nothing like hearing me on repeat. My goodness. <laughs> uh, it was like, uh, it's, it's funny. It's funny. Um, but I think that uh, you said, was, I mean, right. I mean, a lot of it, there is so much. And it, your point about PFPs versus 101s, and that's actually a very practical thing, which is, you know, when you have a contract for a PFP, the owner is the owner of the contract because the people who mint into it are the individual buyers and collectors often when they went in the mint. Um, and in the case of like the old days where there's a shared contract, even on Foundation Super Rare, the mint is, the, the, the platform owned the contract and then the individual uh, artists would then mint into it. So the provenance in that case should have been the person who minted into it. And so it is this blend of worlds which have two different sort of ways of categorizing ownership or creators. Um, and it has to evolve. Uh, and I think a lot of it 
comes from you know just thinking like you know for me like why do i even look at this because one i care uh as a collector and as a advocate for artists and two i'm actually curious when stuff happens i'm like okay i'm curious what what happened i'm curious what what's going on and that's what i did recently with sf moma and like looking up their first nft and like okay where is it and what's what's going on and you discover a lot of things uh and by being curious you ask a lot of questions and from those questions hopefully you know more things are brought to light and when they're brought to light we can actually work on fixing them uh and so you know it's that's sort of my nature is to be curious but i also care i'm not i'm not here uh, I, i'm here because i care and what i care about is the artists uh and that's the the core root of almost everything i do in the space um and i hope that uh that core value uh will eventually of course work out you know in every way both in terms of success as well as you know financial sustainability uh to, to keep continuing the space but that's where all this comes from for me and so i think you need both of those to be to care and to be curious and then the rest will follow tenly i completely agree and very well said um and i did want to also take just a moment to reset the room we've gotten quite a few people in since we've started discussing and um we are talking about the details related to foundation worlds today and also um we do want to make this more of a um conversation if people have questions about how foundation worlds works or details um you know we really appreciate chakai being with us today to be able to share his experience and answer those questions and be involved with the foundation team as this um new tool has been developed you know it's great to have his input and his insight and i know that this is something that there's a lot of excitement about within the community so if you're thinking about doing a world or also an artist you know as far as creating one or also an artist who's wondering what do i need to know as i go into this possibility this is a great opportunity to be able to answer those questions so if you have things that are you know that we haven't discussed you're welcome to request and come up and we're We're more than happy to talk about that. Um, and there's one more detail, Chakai, that as we're kind of going through this process, I'm curious about, we've talked about kind of like this opportunity as an exhibition. And so with listing, you know, we've talked about you mint your work. And then the, when you are actually list, coming into a world or becoming part of a world, you're listing that contract um, under that world. And so with the exhibition, is it then listed in that world until it sells? Or is, is there a possibility of doing, you know, a month-long listing within this world? World and then, you know, the, the curator or the owner of the world and the artist kind of reconvene and see, or um, is there those kind of guidelines set at this point? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll talk about practically what happens. Uh, and then I think there is the other side, which is what is the right um, sort of way to approach it given those tools? Because eventually you have, there's some trust involved between the curator and the, uh, and the artist to sort of manage and figure out what to do. But the practical side of it uh, is the artist is in control of listing and the artist is in control of unlisting it. So if they ever want to unlist that piece from that market, they can do so at any time. Um, and so, you know, there are questions on like, if as a creator, you don't want someone to list it and then unlist it right before the day of launch. Uh, and so there is some coordination and trust, I think that is inherently needed for the way things are. And I think, um, you know, in the future, there might be, you know, ways to sort of 
uh, sort of create more restrictions so that people can't do things either by mistake or use this uh, the world in a way un that you don't intend. Because at this current moment, and I'm sure they'll create tools and features to help address this, which is once you're added to a world, uh, that list of uh, artists is is you can't change it. You can't add or uh, remove people from it. Um, and so once they're in that world, that artist can list as often as they like into that world. There's nothing restricting them from doing so. So if they wanted to, they could list another piece in that world later on after the, the world is done. And so the question is, you know, how much control should you give the curator uh, and how much should you, you know, allow that to happen to keep the integrity of the, um, the curation? Um, and so right now, I think it is very much a relationship and a trust between the curator and the artist uh, to make sure that, you know, that they trust each other enough to be able to, to make the right exhibition, the right things happen. Um, and so that's, that's, there's a practical element, but I also think there's a social contract almost element of trust between the curator and the artist to work together versus working against each other or taking advantage of each other uh, in that scenario. But in, the, in this scenario, the artists have actually more control than the curator does um, in, in a practical sense. Um, but, you know, if, <laughs> that's, that's a, also a trust thing. You want, you want um, to have that trust. Um, I saw a question actually on the, someone uh, posted it in, on, I guess on, on the Twitter comments from Carity about um, the question that they had was, there's a long list of, but what do you think the number one benefit is for creators to be part of someone's world? Uh, and this sort of you know, segues into that. So I can answer that question, uh, Carity, if, uh, to, and who's that? Hopefully he's in the audience. Um, hi, Carity. I think uh, we connected somewhere else, maybe through Monolith Alpha. Um, but uh, I think that that is a good question um, because in this case, if you, again, this is a very, you know, just what is actually happening. When you list by yourself on foundation, um, the split nowadays is 5% foundation and 95% uh, for the artist. If For the people who listed in my world um, on, you know, exhibition 10 for Monolith, uh, Monolith took 10%. And so with 10%, means that the artist took home 85%, the curator took 10%, and then the platform took 5%. So they took a little bit less away from that. So as a creator, uh, you know, when you do that, you know, the question is, is that creator providing that value to give up that percent of it? Other platforms don't work that way. Um, for example, Super Rare, uh, they normally take 15% for sales that they do on um, for individuals. If you, if you, you're a super artist and you list a piece, they take 15%, artist takes 85%. In the case of spaces, they take 5% and then the, the curator can pick whatever percent they want. So in my case, I picked 10%. And so the take home for the artist is identically the same. Whether they list on super rare or they list in my space, it's, it's the same percent. And that's the way I've, I've sort of, balanced it across platforms for now because I didn't want to make that a decision point for the artist. Uh, and so, you know, it's worked out fine both on Nifty Gateway as well as Super. In the case of Foundation, um, 
you do have to earn that 10%. And so I think that the question is, does this curator provide you as an artist value that you could not have gotten just by listing yourself and through your own network? Um, and that I think is in some ways a good thing for the future because curators have to work hard and earn it. They just can't, you know, just say I am blah, 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 and I'll list it and I'll do no other work besides your listing with this famous person. Um, and then that's it. Uh, I mean, I definitely work really hard uh, and I don't take on that many because I want to be able to work hard for each artist that I work with. Um, and so it is very much in my personal ethos to earn that, you know, my brand is only worth it as I work hard and I'm not going to assume just because I'm monolith or Chakai that you should just list with me. Uh, I will be earning it every step of the way. And when you come in, uh, the hard work and the actual legwork will basically justify why that is the case. And the only way you'll know that's the case or not is you would talk to other artists who have been part of it and they will hopefully speak on my behalf to say that, you know, he's okay. He's legit. He'll work hard for you. And that's where, uh, the trust comes in is that I want to uh, do such a good job that other artists who work with me will speak. Uh, it, it will, it will, it will be a positive thing. And, and I, it's not me saying it cause I, that would just be marketing. I would say it, I'd say, you know, refer to the people and I'd, I should be comfortable enough that they could talk to any artist I worked with and, and feel comfortable with what they would say, both positive and negative. Um, and so that's, my sort of overall thought and i think that is an onus on the curator to prove their worth and you shouldn't work with them just because of a name you should work with them because you believe in what the value they provide and what value you need and that's the match is like can the value they provide match the value that you need and if you can then that's a great fit if not then then don't do it uh and hope my hope is is that uh by having curation be more democratized and that's why i work with multiple platforms to be able to have curation be part of it and i like ones where anybody could become a creator uh like foundation worlds um it will provide more options for artists to go to more different creators not just one or two creators and you, you just can't have any other option i want it to have that there's multiple options with multiple backgrounds and multiple expertise in each of those backgrounds then choose. So it is a choice for the artist to pick the creators they want to. And it's not like there's only one, two, or three. There may end up being, just because of the nature of just human beings and just the way markets work, there may be dominant players. Um, but my hope is those dominant players have that as part of an ethos and work to distribute their power and their, uh, and their sort of uh, brand to help others to make it a bit more flat. Um, but if those leaders and those number one people in the space decide to centralize it and just maintain that power, then that's uh, that's an unfortunate scenario. So I'm trying to be, you know, hopefully a leader in the space and then work toward distributing the power that I collect to others in a way that will help lift the space and you know, you know, rise the tide to lift all boats, as the saying goes. Um, and that's my hope, and that will be my key desire for like like number one success is that i want to be able to be the one to redistribute that power versus having someone who wins and succeeds and centralizes that power uh and 
that is a, a, a good reason and a motivator for me to, to really, really succeed because I don't want someone else to come in with different ethos. So it's a long answer. Sorry. <laughs> Lots of opinions there, but hopefully people, uh, you know, found some, some value in that. Well, I think we feel your passion um, come through very much, Chikai, which we appreciate and have a lot of respect for the ethos that you're supporting. Um, and we do have Adam Carity here with us um, and with his hand raised. So, Adam, how are you today? Great to have you with us. Uh, good morning, everyone. I'm, I'm great. Thank you for bringing me up. And Chikai, man, a wealth of knowledge, uh, super appreciative of your time and uh, everything you're doing currently and have done. Um, but yeah, thanks for that answer. I, I, I've been, I don't know. I've got, I've got a few follow-up questions. Uh, I'll keep it short, but if you can maybe touch on uh, some of this, I, I'm coming from a perspective of, I mean, assuming somebody's work is great enough to be even considered. Um, I, I'm very limited in my time, as many are, and so I try to be strategic at what I do with my time in this space and try to maximize it, um, you know, in that regard, but with worlds, uh, it, it kind of seems, and, and you had touched on it about like people getting, gathering this power and having your top players. And I, you know, we've all seen this happen in, in a, a lot of the other marketplaces, uh, with super rare, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so first of all, I appreciate you saying that you're going to try to not go down that route and read, uh, distribute that power, which is an amazing thing for somebody like me, who essentially is a quote unquote unseen or, or, I mean, compared to the people that get all the attention that make the sales, there's a lot of freaking killer art in the space. It's so saturated with phenomenal artists. It's so hard to be seen for somebody in a position like me who is unseen. Would your, advice be as far as the time somebody should spend getting in a world or creating their own world? I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of disorganizing my thought there, but it, does that make any bit of sense of what I'm trying to convey? Yeah. I mean, I think the two parts I take away is one that, you know, given that, you know, you have limited time and that you are on scene, um, how do I spend the limited time I have to increase your visibility and as worlds a tool to use to increase that visibility. Um, and so the two things I would say about that is one, very early on, the people who really, really succeeded just blew up in the very early stages were people who were great artists, but also great marketers, enjoyed social media, was out there. They had everything all in one package. Uh, and those are the ones that really rock because they had everything they could just do everything themselves and they wanted to do it themselves and they had the desire and the time and sort of the motivation to do it and so that's what succeeded uh but that being the case there is a lot of incredible art maybe even better than the ones that have been out there um so far that are just great artists they're not great marketers they're not social they're highly introverted they don't want to talk to people they just want to do their art um and that art deserves to be seen. And in order for that to succeed, I think the core thing that I would say about that is you have to collaborate and work with a team. 
you have to have a team of people that believe in you and work together for the common interest to help your art gain visibility. And you have to find people who are willing to be of service uh, and to be um, not at the forefront, but they are there for you and, you know, and they are there to service you, to help you succeed. Um, and so I think that the part that I would think about is who is that team? Who is those people that can work with me that believe in my art to help further it in a, in a meaningful way and to make sure they're also sort of part of the upside uh, if it does succeed. Um, and that is something that you have to sort of figure out. And there are many tools and worlds could be that. You could do it in your own. You could work with others and collaborate. There are collectives that are happening, like one that comes to mind is the Burroughs, which a bunch of photographers came together and, and collectively sort of, you know, release work, which I think was great because they worked together as a team, as a, as a small set of people that were focused on it. So that part, I think, is the future. The way people succeed in the future, especially as the space grows, is by, you know, making friends and working together as a team and having other sort of roles in the ecosystem find success uh, because I think people only do it for free for a certain amount of time. Man, I appreciate that. And that, that's a whole different perspective that I wasn't even thinking of because I'm still trying to wrap my head around this world's thing um, is the, the creating a team. Cause I was kind of looking at it as uh, more so for somebody in your position, like a, you know, a, a curator uh, to create their world and bring in their own selective artists within an additional platform, but the, you know, looking at it as an artist, do I try to get into somebody's world like that, or like you just mentioned, creating a t or finding a team and going in and maybe having it like a collective? Is at least that's what I got from that. I don't know if that's what you were alluding to, but um, you know, having like maybe you know a bunch of artists doing the same similar stuff and put a collective together and launch a world where that's where you come and find each other's word or work or something. I don't know that that's good insight. I appreciate that. And, you know, you cleared some of the fog out of my, you know, my, my head here. <laughs> so thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And I, I mean, in terms of curators, I think you work with them. If there's a good fit, um, then you should work with them. And it's, it's more of a match. Uh, if, and for me, lots of things start off not by someone saying, sell my art. <laughs> it's often a conversation. It's just connecting as human beings. And if it vibes and it works well and, you know, you have common interests and uh, they're your people, then, you know, then it works out. Uh, so uh, almost every single one of my relationships with artists starts with a conversation um, and, and as, as people. So, right. Right. And, and I'm one of those, I, I'm not an introvert by any means. Uh, I am more social than anything, but I do, I understand marketing. You know, I ran my own companies, but I always hire people because I suck at the execution part of the marketing and especially marketing myself. So, um, yeah, I, I come as a sponge and I appreciate all the, all the stuff people put out there. So I'm going to hit that mic mute and, uh, step off stage, but Chikai, man, thanks so much. Meta jungle, the whole family, you guys are amazing. Keep doing it because you help so many people and it's all love. So thank you. Thank you, Adam. It's always great to have you with us and lots of love to you as well. And that was a great question. And I think one that so many in the audience can can definitely glean from. And I know during that conversation, Anna raised her hand. So I would love to, I'm sorry, Anna, probably, it's probably Anna raised her hand. So we'll go and check in and then we'll also get to Stoic's question after that. But hello, how are you today? 
Hi, hello. First of all, I want to say I'm really sorry. There's building uh, stuff happening where I live. So if you hear a lot of noise, I'm really sorry. But I really wanted to ask this question. Uh, also, thank you so much, Meta Jungle, Meta Girl, and Chikai for all the information you are giving. So um, my, I have two questions. The first one I have is um, because I'm actually organizing a world's collection, portrait photography one, coming soon in this month, I wanted to ask if my artists, and this question is for Shikai, if my artists, can they mint their work in their own smart contract through Manifold and then on um, Foundation and then add it to the collection, uh, to the world, or do they have to do everything through the through Foundation? Uh they can mint on a manifold contract and list in the world. There are actually several people who did that for the um, model exhibition 10. Uh, so that's totally possible. As long as you can see it on foundation, you can list it. You can actually probably even list a super piece instead of a world if you wanted to, because it actually is visible, but it's any piece that you can see on foundation can be uh, listed in the world. Oh, that's amazing. Um... Also, one of my uh, girls, she asked um, if it's possible, like if you have a series on foundation, can you add a photo from that uh, series of hers to the collection, but keep the other photos of her series separate? Yes, you can. You can totally do that. You can take one piece out of the collection and just add it into the, into the world. And then it'll stay intact. Like that, that piece will still stay in that collection, in that world won't be taken out of it um so that's the composability part like minting and listing are completely separate so once you once that once that makes sense then all it becomes like you can mix and match however you want to so that's totally possible oh that's amazing thank you so much oh and by the way i just remembered another question i just wanted to confirm me as the created of uh, the worlds can I add my own uh, artwork as well? Because I'm also an artist. Yes. That's, I mean, yeah, they're totally independent. You can add whatever mm -hmm. one you want into that world. Uh, the only thing I would just make sure of, at least is now, and you can sort of see, is that you have to pick the people in the world when you set it up, and you can't add or remove them afterwards. So I think, I'm sure that's going to change later on, but I think the way it is right now, you have to pick them all to, to begin with and you can't change it afterwards. Um, you can change the pieces and stuff, but you can't change the people who are included. So that's something to just keep in mind. Oh, thank you so much. So if someone suddenly decides they can't go through with it, I cannot remove it, remove them from the collection, right? Um, that's right. Uh, a lot. Sorry, continue. No, you can't remove them, but they don't have to list a piece. Uh, it just you can't add or remove the, the people who are allowed to list. That's all. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Chikai. Uh, very positive uh, about these uh, world's features so far. It seems so easy to do. Uh, I don't know. I really can't wait to uh, experiment with. Uh, thank you so much for all the for answering the questions. Yeah, of course. I can't wait to see what you do with it. You should. I'm excited to see what uh, what world you create. I think you're going to love it. It's all uh, women, of course, because that's what I got to do, women empowerment. And it's all uh, photography based on port uh, so portrait photography. So something a bit special. Nice.
That's fantastic. And those were some great questions. Um, and just a follow up to that um, artists may have, if they are taking a piece from a collection and listing it in a world, does it show up also on their individual, like with the collection and in the world or only specifically in the world for that particular piece? It shows up both places. It's just that the it's just when you list it, the listing shows up in uh, actually shows up in the general financial marketplace, but it shows up in the world. So it, it's just instead of when you go to list it, instead of listing it into foundation, you're listing it in the world, uh, and so it's just purely where you list it, where you put put it for sale, um, and so it, everything else remains intact. Uh, and I think there's like a little if you go to any specific piece, you'll see like how um, that that is, has been listed in that world. So when if you go to a piece and you go to buy it, it's listed in the blank. It's been in this world, and you can go see the world from there if you want to. So it's all nicely done in terms of a, a UI experience. Which, I mean, Foundation always does a great job of that. And it sounds like I'm a Foundation maxi. I'm almost like I feel like a spokesperson for Foundation, uh, but I I do like it. I do work with everyone very very closely, uh, and and the reason being is I want not one winner, but I want multiple winners. And so I try to work with all the platforms um, so that they all do well, because I don't want one, just one winner. And so that's sort of my sort of uh, philosophy behind why I work with foundation very closely and with, you know, super very closely and nifty gateway and, you know, many others that I'm sort of to work with because I want everybody to succeed and I don't want just one winner. So so I, I'm sorry if I sound like a foundation maxi in, in this context. <laughs> oh, I think that insight really is very, very helpful um, because it does, you know, being able to talk to someone that has the experience, but also the background information is, I think, helping out so many in the audience. So. We appreciate that very much. Um, and I did want to say hello to Stoic. I know you've been with us um, here on the speaker panel for quite a while, but we would love to hear from you if you're ready to um, go ahead and ask your question. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me up here. Thanks, Chikai, for, you know, taking the time out of your day to answer questions and, you know, share your knowledge on this. I really appreciate it. And thanks, Maya Jungle, as always, for rocking and making the space and you know bringing everyone together like you always do you know i always i always enjoy your spaces um <laughs> honestly adam adam stole most of my questions the, <laughs> uh the rock star the legend adam you know he just coming in sweep sweeping my questions here but uh anyways i guess I, i'll have to reframe my question um you know, for someone who wants to start out or is someone like myself who's not very well known uh, and I guess is kind of kind of growing in the spaces, you know, what would your approach be for, you know, worlds and everything like that? Because I am trying to move all my work to more of the foundation manifold um, contracts and really owning my own smart contracts. But, uh, you know, just kind of your guidance or directions for people like myself or someone who is, you know, kind of maybe slightly new or just doesn't really have that much experience because I don't I'm not really what much one you can shake your stick at and my work isn't exactly you know top tier compared to others here but you know I'm trying to make myself known and so any insight or perspective you have you know for the people who are new or just kind of getting up there uh, I would really appreciate that thanks yeah, I mean, I'll give you two perspectives, and these are just just anecdotes and the stuff I've 
I sort of picked up and, you know, looking at my own sort of sort of path and stuff. And so I don't think there's any one answer. And I think whenever I give advice, I say just take it with a grain of salt. Uh, there's probably a lot of it which don't match with you or work with you, but there's probably one gem hopefully in there that works. And as you talk to more people, you can collect the pieces and then form your own truth of what works for you. So I wouldn't just take what I say, like just, just exactly, but I would just figure out what resonates with you and then see if those work. And a lot of it's experimentation to see what works. Um, but the thing that I would say is, um, in general, if you look at this the overall space, it is hard to be seen. Um, and I am personally looking for ways to get more exposure to the unseen and the hidden gems. Uh, I think that is where I mean, a lot of my, you know, the, the joy I have is finding those as well as I think where, you know, uh, I'll find the value. Like it's not going to be me going and buying X copy or Fidenza. It's going to be me buying somebody who's unknown and they just, you know, uh, blow up in a big way. People see what they do it. And if I can help them do that, that's huge. So I think part of it is finding those collectors and those people who are, are, are focused on that uh, to find those people. Because um, there are those that exist out there um, and not the ones who are just buying the big pieces. Because there are certain collectors or people who are very much focused on the high end. Um, and I think that's great because you, you need that. They're all play a part in the, the ecosystem, but I think that's finding those right advocates within the, in the ecosystem. Um, in a simpler way, these are more anecdotal. Like I think the initial part, just finding friends, uh, to just people that match, you're finding your tribe. Who are your people in this space? It's a space is huge and you don't need to be friends with everybody. But you do need to find the people that, that you really resonate with and are two friends, and those will help you both figure out the space, watch out for each other, and support each other. Um, and it is very difficult. And as I talked about in the beginning with provenance and royalties, it is not easy because it's not just art and marketing, but it's very deep technically. Uh, and, you know, both from a crypto perspective as well as the market, especially with smart contracts, like, it is not easy. So finding a diverse set of people to be uh, friends and, and, and to connect with either through your art, I think is, is key. And that's just pure friendship. Um, and it will sustain you also during the hard times. Like those are the people that you can you know lean upon when things are tough, because things will get tough. Um, the other thing I would say in general, and this is for me as I've learned and why I've been able to be on Twitter and do spaces um, and like I never set off to build up an audience or anything, but it sort of happened. Um, and it, it really, it's still something I'm still coming to terms with and accepting and embracing just to use it for good, which is the audience that I do have, which has grown. And it's something I truly did not think was in the cards for me. I really did not think I would have this role. I would just be a participant and I'd be more in the background, but I would not be like on stage doing spaces and tweeting and people caring what I say um and and sort of responding to it so the thing that has made it work for me is that i'm actually just be able to be me i'm just me finding the medium that i can just be the most authentic version of of myself and those are the mediums i tend to use more uh and if i can't then i won't do it because i just want to enjoy it and i'll just stop and so i think the trick is is to find that medium where you can be you in the most authentic way possible 
and people get it. And it may be Twitter, it may be Spaces, it may be Instagram, it may be, you know, uh, different ways to do it uh, in finding your voice of how do you express who you are in the most authentic way possible, because that's what people will connect with. Uh, and it's not, it's hard to not pay attention to where all of the traffic and likes or stuff are going, because that's where people seem to get more attention. But I think that the long-term success will come from like, where is your medium? Where is the communication sort of a style that fits you as you, where people can see you for who you are in the most authentic way possible. And that is a journey that is experimenting, trying and seeing what works or doesn't work. Um, and sometimes things work that you never anticipated. Like I think about Genzo or even myself in some regard, who was like terrified of coming onto spaces he just, he was so scared and like he had sweaty palms and everything. But now like it is his thing. He is so good at it. And he's, he's got out of that comfort zone. And it's, a, it is one of the best ways to get to know Genzo, uh, who's a you know, Grammy award winning, you know, music producer to get to know him is to through spaces. And that I think became his medium. So it may not be what you expect and maybe something that may be totally terrifying to do, but you know, you find that wow that's where i can be me uh and people like me for me so that's that's personal reflection the overall market uh and sort of general strategy but again i think uh there's no one size fits all and it's a difficult question that is happening and it's something that i'm trying to address like monolith alpha was specifically a desire to bring light to the unseen because People were getting lost in the Twitter algorithm. Uh, and when you post something, you may or may not see it. The Monolith Alpha email newsletter goes directly to your inbox. Everybody who signs up sees it. Uh, and I'm very, very inclusive. It is not meant to uh, be exclusive. It's meant to be inclusive. There's still some curational sort of, um, sort of design to make it fit each time. Uh, but I've had one people who submitted the first time I didn't put them in. They submitted again, and they were in the latest issue. So it's like it's a it's a very uh, organic thing, meant to be very very inclusive, and was specifically designed to uh, address and find uh, put light to the unseen and to match the market with um, with the the art that they could afford. Because if I just did one on ones, they tend to be higher priced. And out of the price range are many, but editions are very affordable. So I'm very focused on editions because the people who read it are, you could potentially afford to the pieces that I, that I put out there. And so if you don't match the two, then you get a bunch of people who just look at it and don't do anything with it, but you have to find that match also. So I think, um, you know, I think Alpha says this too, which I think is very important, which is there's the art side and then there's the business side and you have to have a plan for both. And, and that doesn't mean the business plan tells you what art to make, but you should still have a plan. Uh, and, and they're, they're not, the, one shouldn't drive the other necessarily, uh, but you should have, you know, a vision for both. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to, because you try to make art that satisfies the market and that will tends not to work. So hopefully that answers your question. No, definitely. That's huge value, Sky. I really appreciate all the perspectives there. That uh, you know, there's some things I didn't even consider there myself. But I definitely, 
I definitely agree that building relationships and, you know, working with people is what I think takes people from good to great. And, you know, I really, I really believe that too. So thank you for affirming that as well. And yeah, you know, I guess, you know, just kind of experimenting, like you said, I am trying to experiment, but it's like, I feel like there's just so much experimenting that I don't even know what's sticking. But again, I guess that's just more trial and error on my end than anything else. And just, you know, having my peers review stuff, because like with the AMA that Meta Jungle does, you know, I recently had Sarah and Ad and uh, Mike do an AMA on my work. And so, you know, that was just another step forward for me. And yeah, you know, appreciate what you guys, what you do for the community as well. Um, you know, I definitely have wanted to be on the monolith now for since I ever heard about it. And so that's a goal one day here, but anyways, thanks again. I really appreciate the insight and help and I'm going to drop back down to listener here because I've got a day job I'm dreading. So thanks a lot guys. And hopefully we'll chat later. Thank you very much, Stoic. I'm happy to have you with us, and thanks for fitting it in. I know you've got um, other responsibilities that, that make your day. Um, you've got to kind of split the day, so I appreciate you coming and asking such a great question as well. Um, and if I know we've been going for about an hour. We've had such a great conversation and so much important information shared about this new feature on Foundation. Um, if there's anyone else that has questions and would like to come up and um, ask, you're more than welcome to. Um, um, and if not, we'll probably wrap up pretty soon. Um, if that, Shakai, if you're kind of on the same page there. Um, but I also, I guess one of the questions I had that I thought would be um, nice with you being here um, is as, you know, for someone who is thinking about being, getting started with this process or that are even approached by a world, you know, someone creating a world to participate, what do you think the artist should be aware of or should, or questions an artist should ask um, when getting started in this process? Do you have any insight or feedback on, on that question? Um, you know, it's such a new thing. You know, I think that uh, most of the curation platforms have been fairly, um, you know, just uh, like a uh, like a you know just a closed release. So like they're you know, opening up. Like publishers are more open now, and the world is open from the get go. So I think there'll be lots of people coming in to sort of uh, try to use it. Um, I mean, I honestly think it's a very simple answer, which is. You know, do you trust the person? Do you trust the person to be a good steward and, um, you know, advocate for your art um, and understand their intentions and how transparent they are about it um, and use that to guide you? And you don't have to, I wouldn't do it purely to get visibility because it's a big name, but just say, does this person, what is their intent? And does that, you know, do uh, in service, is it in service of my art? And what I want to do. Um, and so I think that, uh, you know, there are a lot of good actors in the space and people know who the key players are, but, um, but I think that's simple answer. <laughs> it's, it is very much about integrity and just transparency, intent, um, you know, anything that you'd expect in any kind of business relationship. Um, but uh, yeah. And I, I, I also think there's other things like, there are people me trying it out who've never done it before, and so in some respects, there's often times where I do it to take a chance because I, I see something in there 
they don't have the track record yet and they're maybe brand new. I just met them, but I want to give them a chance because uh, I think they might be interesting. And so that's another thing where I think there's a little bit of sort of, you know, knowing and doing due diligence and have the background, but also giving people a chance and experimenting from the curator side, because the more people who try, the more people understand that this is what they want to do um, and they're able to pursue it. And in the long term, over time, you're going to want people who are committed to it, not just doing it for once, but, you know, those are the ones you're going to probably want to do it again and again. But sometimes it's a collective, it's a group of artists to do it together. So I do think it's wide open. And so <laughs> I think you just have to use basic good judgment as to who to work with. But again, like there is a spirit of experiment, experimentation, which we've talked about with mo uh, most people who come up that just be, don't be afraid to experiment and also don't be afraid to fail. Um, and like, you know, in the case of listing, like if it doesn't work out, you're still in control. It's in your contract and you can just unlist it if you really are, don't want to be part of it. Uh, and your art is still intact. And so th the risk is a bit more mitigated in this case. You're not stuck on that contract or that world. Uh, and so I, I would say, at the end of the day, the thing that I think also, this is another thing, I'm sort of rambling a little bit, but this is something I see with a lot of stuff is that you should have fun. Like you should in actually enjoy the, the whole experience of being part of a world or trying these things out. And I think I see that like with AI, as much as it's controversial, I saw so many artists just having fun with it. They're experimenting with it and trying it out. And even in addition to the whole bird mechanic, there are so many artists who are just trying it out and having fun with it and enjoying it. Uh, and that's the part that I think should be part of the beginnings of anything new like this is that you really should have fun with it. You should have, you should enjoy it and, and, and have a curiosity to it that really is um, enjoyable. Uh, and so, you know, uh, hopefully that you find that spark or that sort of um, uh, just, again, just pure fun to do, to do it. Cause that's what will, allow you to um, explore it because if it's too serious <laughs> you may be too afraid to actually explore it and have fun with it because it's just too serious uh, but if it's like oh it's a new toy play with it you could do lots of things with it make funny pictures like i think as alejandro cartagena who was saying like when the people had cameras they were taking silly photos because it's just this new thing and they were just having fun with it uh and so I think there's a bit of uh, of that uh, that should come along with it. And it's not just very serious, like sell the art and, and be it uh, such a formal thing. Um, I do think there is that, that part, which I'm also having. And that's why, you know, uh, I'm enjoying it because it's, it's so many things you could try and I'm excited for it. And, and in the end, you know, if it succeeds, it's great. But I think there's a, there will be a evolution and a, and a growth of what works and what doesn't. Um, so very good answer very good answer and thank you for that insight um, we do have another speaker that's joined us here on the stage hi Bryony how are you today I am good and I really just wanted to take the opportunity to say hello to you and just to wish you a happy new year and just to say this has been really a wonderful listen I've just uh, been invited into a couple of worlds and I'm thinking of starting my own and Yesterday, I went through the whole like, oh, do I the listing and minting thing confused me a little bit. So, Shakai, thank you very much for clearing that up. Um, I also just wanted to express gratitude to for you to for just 
presenting that message of lightheartedness, fun, humanity, the fact that, you know, while we do all take this terribly seriously, that actually just, you know, making, making sure we integrate some levity into what we're doing is so important. And I'm really, uh, really just happy to hear you talking about the human aspect of everything you're doing. So I have just signed up for Monolith Alpha. And thank you very much. I look forward to uh, getting more involved with that. But um, I just wanted to say hi, you guys. It's been a while and I've missed you. And it's just really nice to hear your voices and say hello. Um, really looking forward to getting busy this year and, uh, yeah, continuing this journey. So that was it. I just wanted to say hi. Lots of friends in the room. Hello, everybody. And sending lots of love. Thank you for signing up for Alpha. And you should definitely submit. Like, actually, everybody should submit. If you're, if you haven't done also already, uh, please submit. And we're not only doing additions, uh, but like, uh, if you have an edition that's available, send it in, and uh, and most likely I'll feature it um, because there's so much good art coming in. Uh, I have not had a moment where I didn't have uh, enough art to sort of to feature, and and the quality that's coming in is 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 really really high so definitely submit something in Brian. I just I will I will and I also just wanted to say that I, for, some, for whatever reason I mean I'm quite a shy person no one thinks I am but I actually am um, you know I was quite intimidated by you Shikai so this space has been a real eye-opener and uh, just another reminder to me that people are people and we're all in this together and um, sometimes I can be a bit silly but so it's really nice to meet you properly and uh, thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, I I am glad you came up. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I I think about like someone being intimidated by me. I'm like I, I don't think I'm intimidating, but uh, but I, I appreciate you coming up and saying hello. And um, and yeah, I, I I hope to meet you in person someday uh, and say hello. But thank you for coming up. Uh, and anybody who thinks I'm intimidating, I am not. Just ask Omar. Uh, Omar knows that I'm not intimidating. <laughs> Omar's intimidating, though. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, uh, I am. Uh, it's just. Uh, it's just the people. It's the people. Briny, <laughs> oh. we might have lost you. Just, it's coming through a little robotic. <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if I'm not sure if you are in a spot that you are, could maybe have a better connection. But we always love having you with us, Bryony. You're such a joy and a positive light. Always, always love having you join our spaces and appreciate your message. But if you are if you're able to connect, you're welcome to take the mic. I was I, I walked into Whole Foods and of course they have no Wi-Fi. So hopefully I've just walked out again with a basket full of stuff. So hopefully no one's gonna come and accost me. Um, it's really just that thing of people who have the, have a sort of status within the space. And it's that usual human thing of you think you can't approach them. And time and time and time again, I learned that actually, especially in this space, that really the best thing to do is to approach people and just ask. Um, so, yes, another very valuable lesson for me. Um, anyway, listen, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful day wherever you are. And I really look forward to connecting on a deeper level as soon as possible. I'm going to go back into Whole Foods now with my contraband and uh, carry on shopping. Well, thanks for coming up. And I hope uh, 
nobody at uh, Whole Foods arrest you for walking outside with with a basket. Uh, but I appreciate you coming up, uh, and hopefully your shopping goes well, and you get lots of good stuff. Uh, that's fantastic. Yes, Bryony, we don't want you having to commit crimes to participate with us on um, Twitter spaces, but maybe they are familiar with spaces and how that goes. But such a delight to have you with us. And also such a great reminder that we have so many wonderful friends here in the room and also in the space and being able to reach out and not be intimidated to ask questions. And that's really a great example of how this space came to be today, you know, with, with Meta Jungle and Chikai, you know, being able to support one another in the space and really be able to create these opportunities and these, um, you know, these, these conversations to be able to help everybody find people that they can trust and find people that are being active in the space. And we're all working towards the same goal. Um, so that was really, really a great reminder and some good insight for maybe wrapping up the space as well. And Chikai, do you have anything? I want to be respectful of your time because I appreciate it so much joining us early on a Thursday morning. And, you know, we, this kind of came together pretty quickly, but I knew that just like Bryony said, there's a lot of people excited about these new tools. So I appreciate you putting the the um, emphasis on getting a space put together soon to be able to provide these answers for people as they're starting to navigate this. Because one of the things I hate in this space so much is hearing people say, I wish I would have known when I was doing this in the beginning, you know, so being able to give this chance for people to kind of explore and hear from your experience before maybe they have to learn some of these things themselves is such a great thing. Um, and so I also wanted to ask, do you have anything else you would like to share that we haven't covered? Um, I don't think so. I think the key thing to remember is the separation of minting and listing for Foundation Worlds. It is the core core value as well as differentiation of it. And it's a little bit tougher of a concept to somehow get. Uh, but that's the core, I would say, to take away for Worlds. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh, otherwise I think I, I hope, um, you know, if you have any questions, of course, I'm happy to do this again or to reach out to me. Um, if you have any questions and stuff, I'm always happy to help. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, thank you for inviting me, Emma. I, I appreciate, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've uh, been able to, to sort of connect more this year. I mean, through you know meeting in person, which was wonderful at uh, Art Basel, um, but then you know on a couple of spaces uh, to connect, and so I truly appreciate what you do for the space and how much uh, you bring resources and people and sort of um, this community together to to help learn and help each other to sort of navigate the space, and so um, just a huge thanks to you for what you do and for inviting me. Well, thank you very much. And it was such a joy to get to meet in person in Miami. And I know even this week, we've spent a lot of time in spaces together. <laughs> it's kind of surprising <laughs> how that ends up working out sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, our goals with Meta Jungle and with Monolith are aligned in that, you know, we are really passionate about being able to create, you know, trust and a great foundation for people in the space and be able 
you know, there's so many ways that people are contributing to growing the space and ways in which we can all work together. So um, love the opportunities to get to connect and collaborate on those. And, um, you know, I think we can spend so much time sharing ideas and sharing experiences, and it just makes us all better. You know, we don't have to go at it individually or, you know, all kind of figuring it out on our own when we can come together and have trusted people that we can listen to and be able to build together. That's when, one, it's more enjoyable. It's more fun that way, but I think it's also a lot more productive. So really appreciate getting to hear your insight. And for those that came into the room, uh, maybe a little late, there was some excellent conversation just laying out kind of how Foundation Worlds came to be and really the the nitty gritty details. Um, so this is a recorded space. So um, definitely encourage people to listen back if there's something that you've missed and um, really appreciate Chikai, um, you know, extending that um, willingness to help if people are having questions. And um, we did, I did pin to the top um, Chikai's pin tweet about the Monolith Alpha newsletter, which has been such a great resource of pulling together the opportunity for additions and being able to kind of help provide a resource as we're figuring out how to get eyes and get attention to all of the different additions that are out there and available. So um, please check that out if you haven't yet. Um, but want to thank everyone for coming and listening today. Um, and just to let people know, if you're interested in attending an artist feedback AMA, we have one starting in about 40 minutes minutes in the Meta Jungle um, Discord. And then tomorrow at 10 a.m., we're going to be talking with Barry Sutton with 96 Studios. It's here in the audience. So I want to give Barry a shout out. We'll be talking about his new release um, of his collection, Bring It Home. And he does a lot with supporting different artists in the space as well. So another um, ally in what we're building here. So um, just mention those little details. And also just want to say thank you, Chikai. It's been such a delight and so much wonderful information so appreciate your time today yeah of course uh it's been a pleasure i think uh lots of familiar faces as well as new ones and Barney, and thank you for coming up i hope your shopping is going well um uh hopefully uh, uh and people realize uh that i'm it's i'm accessible and easy and um you know it's i hope more people if you see me say hello for sure like any event uh you know don't be afraid to sort of uh, interrupt the conversation because it's hard to break in. Uh, but uh, I, I, I do uh, appreciate Brian you coming up and saying hello. Well, on that, I think we can wrap up. And I will reiterate, Chikai and Omar are both very lovely people in person and in this space. So um, we can drop kind of that, maybe that um, intimidation there or feel like um, not somebody to say hello to, but both absolutely lovely people and along with so many others here in the room. But um, again, thank everybody for joining us today. Chikai, thank you for your time. And with that, we'll go ahead and say, hope everyone has a wonderful day and we'll look forward to joining together again next time so have a wonderful day guys thanks so much bye <laughs> bye, -bye.